Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. But for this episode, we are doing a bonus episode. Cobra Kai just came out. And joining me, the wax on to my wax off, <laughs> the paint the fence to my sand the floor, Tom from Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Hey, Tom. Oh, I wish you could see the smile on my face even before <laughs> the intro, just because I've been wanting to talk about this uh, this show it's uh i don't know it's a unique beast i think it really is you know this isn't something that we've really seen gosh i don't want to say ever because i'm sure there are properties and franchises that are out there that i'm not privy to but you know this is up my alley uh you know you joined me on the the review for all four karate kid movies and so we're not going to be covering it on here per se uh you and i and then your co-host jake we're going to do one big crossover episode which we'll release on both shows but Mm -hmm. the purpose of this episode is to kind of give the listeners of Paul Stalgic and whoever else tunes in a taste of what you and I will be doing over at TV Ate My Brain, the official TV podcast for Quartet uh, Parts. So, uh, so if you like what you hear here, we would recommend go subscribe that uh, to that show, and we hope to try to put out two episodes a week. And what we're gonna do is, yes, there's ten episodes and they're thirty minutes each. You and I, we discussed that there's a they're lot. They're pretty dense. Yeah, there is so much going on, and we want to talk about all of it. And so yeah. that's what we're going to do. And so if that's not your flavor, hey, just wait until we put out the big episode where we're just talking about the entire series. So Yes, yes. Now, just in case anybody you know has not heard you or heard our coverage on the Credit Kid, the uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, you were also on here for Better Off Dead. What do you and Jake do over at Jake and Tom Conquer the World? Uh we are a pop culture kind of show. I mean, we we mainly talk about superheroes and our uh, favorite movies, TV shows. But every once in a while, we'll just have an episode where we're just literally shooting the breeze and not talking about much of anything. I, I like to think that we've become kind of a uh, personality-focused uh, show anymore. Uh, I'm definitely the straight person, whereas Jake is definitely the the funnier of the two of us. Uh, and we get into various uh, verbal hijinks every week, uh, released on uh, Sundays. I think you're being a little modest. I think you're a hoot, too. You have your moments. <laughs> okay. Every once in a while. Yeah. So um, I, I guess we'll go ahead and get into it then. Yeah. Cobra Kai. You know, this is uh, what we're going to talk about today. Um, I On the re-listen of our episode, you know, you had not seen the first Karate Kid in quite some time. Hmm. And so upon reviewing it, you kind of rekindled that old love that I guess you didn't know you had for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know if it was because it was one of my favorite movies from my childhood, or maybe because it'd been so long since I'd watched it, I was able to appreciate it from a different point of view. But you know, there are a lot of movies from our childhood that don't stand up to scrutiny while you're watching it as an adult. But th- that one, 
that stood up like a champ. It really did. Yeah, it was. it's very well written. It still holds up. And I didn't believe it until you told me that, you know, because like my show, it, there's a focus on nostalgia there. And often, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very forgiving of terrible movies and saying, you know, it's, it's still pretty good. And I think it's the nostalgia speaking, hence, you know, the title Podstalgic. So, you know, I was definitely looking forward to this, Cobra Kai. These are characters that uh, at least, you know, I enjoyed. I, I know a lot of people have, have their opinions of Daniel, you know, in the very first movie or actually the entire series. Um the, the last time we saw him in part three, in our rev- review, you and I, we kind of mentioned that Daniel was a bit of a shit, you know, in, the, in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he he had kind of like gotten worse as a character. Uh, and, you know, we got to kind of blame the writing. But we also got to kind of remember that in the third movie, he was only 17. Mm-hmm. That I think is fair. Uh, I, I've uh, often said that if I could go back in time to find the 17-year-old Tom, I would never stop slapping the shit out of him. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. We we should probably give him a little bit of leeway as a teenager. Yeah. As yeah. a teenager. That's the key phrase to this discussion tonight, sir. That's right. Yeah. So, Cobra Kai, you know, we get the return of Johnny Lawrence and also uh, Daniel LaRusso. And, you know, this is 34 years later since the first movie, um, because that's that's kind of where most of the, the flashbacks are, are, are from anyway. Um, you know, the, we, we get a lot of it just in case for the, you know, the casual viewers that maybe had not gone and kind of rewatched the movie or even movies. They're giving us like, hey, this is kind of what happened. We're going to catch you up on some things. So I really did appreciate that. Um, so, you know, we are going to be doing just the first episode today, but just to kind of get an idea what did you think of this uh the show tell tell me what it was like leading up to the release of Cobra Kai well not to do another shameless plug of uh Jake and Tom Conquer the World released every Sunday on your favorite <laughs> podcatcher uh we are getting ready to release an episode in which uh we do one of our before and after reviews where we get together before we watch a movie or a television show to talk about our expectations and then get back together again after watching it to compare our expectations to the actual product. And I recently uh, listened to it and I think maybe I was getting a little bit too amped up a month ahead of time because the closer that we got to May 2nd, the release date of this show, I was getting kind of more and more nervous to the point where it's like, man, I hope this isn't just nostalgia. I hope that there is some really good character arcs. I hope that the new characters are compelling. I hope it's watchable. And, uh, well, once uh, we get past the intros, we'll uh, see if it lived up to those uh, expectations or if it lived down to those fears. That That is some tease there. <laughs> that That is a tease, my good sir. Um, well, let's see here. I wasn't quite anticipating the release, honestly, when it came. I was just like, oh, damn, it, it's here. Here we go. You know, two episodes were released on YouTube and the rest were on YouTube Red. And you'd have to either subscribe or, you know, do the uh, 30-day trial. Um, you know, I said I was going to check out the first two episodes. You know, I liked them enough that I went ahead and watched some more. And then I found myself binging the entire 10 episodes. So, you know. I, I'm not going to give any more, uh, you know, any more info than that. But I think the fact that I binged it, you know, I think people can kind of gather where I lie with the it's, show. It's uh, very bingeable. And you know what? It it moves very quickly. 
It really does. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 30 minutes, not even 30 minutes. Some episodes are like 22 minutes. Some are 27. I think the finale was 36. So let's just say five hours. If you have five yes. hours to spare, it goes by quick. So it is very much so like a like a two-part TV-made movie. You know, you, you watch the first part Monday night, second part Tuesday night, and you're done. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that. So... All right, let's talk a little bit about the, the the show here. Now, I recall a comment that you made in one of our reviews. Did you see who is one of the executive producers of the show? Uh, well, I know that Ralph Macchio is and Billy Zabka is, but beyond that, I didn't really pay much attention to the credits. So, who? Well, who th- is this mysterious producer? <laughs> well, three of which are the creators, but Will okay. Smith is also oh, one of Oh, yes, the- <laughs> I did notice that. Yeah, I I actually successfully blocked that out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I think I think his name really stood out in either the second or the third episode in the opening credits. I, I had to stop and go, wait a minute, did I just see Will Smith? And then I had to look it up, and it's the same one. So I just thought maybe it was another Will Smith, perhaps. But, you know, he did have part in the remake. Well, yeah, I, I know that he basically bought and paid for that remake as a vehicle for his uh, little demon spawn that uh, <laughs> he birthed through his loins. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, that kid. He's he's a uh, he's an interesting he's a piece one of work. now. He really is. I saw an interview last last night, matter of fact, and I couldn't comprehend what the hell he was trying to say. And you know, like somebody was asking him about his music and what he was trying, the way he was trying to explain it, it made no sense. And I flipped the channel. So good for you. Good yeah, you. thank you. Yeah, I had to pat myself on the back there. Uh, <laughs> so we're not going to get too much into the entire cast. Um, you know, I already kind of mentioned some of the, the main people, but our next up, uh, we got this uh, new kid named Miguel, uh, who uh, Johnny takes um, it takes under his wing in this first episode. Uh, the actor is, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's it looks like it's pronounced Zolo Maridueña. Sure. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> uh, we also have, um, I don't think he's in the first episode, so I'll skip him. But we got Mary Mauser, who plays uh, Samantha LaRusso. She is Daniel's oldest daughter. And also Courtney Hengler uh, as Amanda, who's uh, Daniel's wife. I think we'll just leave it at that for now. Everyone else would just kind of wouldn't use their uh, character names. Or is there anybody else you think I should kind of throw in there? Um. I'd say that those are the main characters, but I want to go ahead and say that I really enjoyed the characters. And not to get too spoilery, but I really enjoyed all of their arcs, which was kind of a pleasant surprise. Absolutely. Yeah. I very, very, very surprised. That's the one thing that um, I do want to say, and this doesn't spoil like uh, any information or anything like that. But one of the things I had to immediately tweet out, and I kind of did a semi-live tweeting as I was binging the show, just making some comments that I really just wanted out there. One of which was, I, I got to give kudos to the writing. I, I thought the writing was so intricate, you know, like this, um, you know, we discussed it in our review that there was this theory out there uh, that, you know, Daniel was the bad guy, you know, Johnny was the good guy. And so that had been floating around all these years. You got to think like the creators behind this, They've developed the story so well, everything pays off, and 
I don't know. I just thought this show was well, well done. Yes. Um, I I think it was really, really kind of satisfying in a way that I think it hit the nostalgic buttons. Sometimes it hit the, the, the nostalgic buttons a little too hard, I think, and we'll get into that throughout the series. I agree. But uh, uh, I also think that it was kind of, uh, I don't want to say self-parody, but it definitely flipped expectations. Okay, uh, I could kind of see what you mean with the self-parody. I thought that this show knows exactly what it is, and I thought it was being self-aware. Yes. Yeah. Very good phrase, yes. Yeah, so that's, that's that's what I thought of the show. You know, some things would happen, and I would kind of nod and go, okay, I see you guys. And then, you know, something would happen, and I'd be go, okay, all right, that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. and the other thing is like, um, I know we're not going to really touch on the characters until we get to them, but I kind of wanted to throw out that, uh, the, the wife, uh, Amanda, I really like her character because she's very much the straight person in, in the show. You know, something could Arguably be. Arguably the smartest character <laughs> on the show. She's pointing things out like, you guys are ridiculous and this is why. And I'm like, that's right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, woman, you know, to point out some of the men can be idiots. So I really appreciate it, uh, having that character. Absolutely. All right. So I think we'll go ahead and just jump right into it now. Uh, we're going to go scene by scene and we're just going to discuss here. So at the very beginning, we we got to have this replay, right? And it's kind of a staple of the uh, a Karate Kid movie. They show us a little bit of what happened previously and we get the last fight. What I really enjoyed about this is to, um, in order to not show the entire thing, they added, you know, anytime somebody makes a strike, they get a point. I really dug that because they kind of modernized it a little bit and kind of made it more interesting for the viewers of today. Yes. Uh, not only that, but I was watching an interview uh, with the main producers as well as Billy Zopka and uh, uh Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio. Uh, I, I guess that the producers went to Sony and said, do you by any chance still have the dailies from the original Karate Kid? And lo and behold, they did. And they had a lot of extra footage from the the tournament. They literally were keeping them in an uh, assault mine to preserve them. And I guess there is a, a couple shots in that flashback that were from the uh, original movie that weren't used. Interesting. Like the slow motion uh, shot of the kick to the face. Okay. That was from the 84 movie. So that was really Billy Zapka then as a that kid? That was. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. What about the POV shot from above? That I'm not sure. That I thought kind of looked fake. It did. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of did. Especially because if you go and watch uh, any uh, clips of that fight, it was in the original version. He is literally scurrying away while on his uh, knees, face down. Whereas That's right. in this, he's just laying face down, defeated. So yeah, yeah it, it was definitely faked. Yeah, I I really liked it too, and it was kind of nice to uh, you know just. Kind of see it all again, you know. Uh, honestly, I haven't watched it since our review just last year, so it, it was uh, a nice refresher and kind of a, a reminder. Like, hey, these were all uh, all of the people that um, you know they're going to be referencing. You know, we got Mr. Miyagi, Ali with an eye, 
Um, the, the mom is in there, uh, Martin Cove, the sensei. So we get to see all these people because they get mentioned throughout the show. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of helps out, especially again, to those casual viewers that maybe have seen it, you know, a handful of times throughout the year. So, um, okay. So then we get a cut to the present day. Uh, we got Johnny waking up in bed, right? He fell asleep apparently with a bag of chips in the bed. There's Coors light everywhere opened real real quick how much money do you think Coors paid youtube or the producers of this show for product placement Coors is everywhere in this show yeah i i i don't know uh enough to to get this show started yeah <laughs> so hey, yeah good for them um now i've had Coors, but i've had like the silver can is this one any different i don't know i'm not a fan of Coors. it's no, all okay. uh, it's very bland fizzy <laughs> nothing water yeah that, that, that's why i drink it because <laughs> it's nothing <laughs> um yeah so i thought that maybe he was hungover because you know how the saying goes like if you're hungover take a swig of some beer and that's basically what he did and i don't know if there's like piss in it or something because he's just like oh oh you know like I, I i didn't get the sense that it was just warm beer that there might have been something else in it as well i i kind of got the sense that it was warm flat cheap beer probably just very old yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was pretty good. Um, so what is what was your first impression of uh, Johnny 34 years later at this point? What a loser. <laughs> what a loser. And not I, only that, but he's a loser stuck in the 80s. He As somebody really who is. remembers the 80s, they weren't that great. Uh, well, it, it depends who you ask. If you ask me, I thought the 80s was uh, pretty great, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so the pop culture was okay, but... The 80s themselves were pretty lame. Just just go back and look at the fashions if you don't believe me. No, I, I totally understand. So I, <laughs> I totally get what you're saying, that he's stuck in the 80s. I'm stuck in the 80s, but in a different way. This guy, he doesn't get some of the references that are being brought up in, you know, like throughout the show. And, you know, I don't think it happens yet in this episode. But, yes, uh, at some point, you know, something is mentioned and the way he reacts. I go, come on, you don't know what that is? Like, dude, dude you, you're you're not... You're not Captain America. You didn't just like get thawed out, uh, you know, after 75 years, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but, uh, but we get it. Yeah. So we also, um, I don't know if you caught this, but so as he's getting dressed to start his day, did you notice what was, what was in the back of the closet? No. What? His trophy. What oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he still had the trophy and I remember it being broken and I don't know if they showed it in this first episode, but you know well, that um, wasn't his uh, that wasn't his first uh, go round at that tournament. I thought he'd won the, the previous year. I kind of figured that's what that trip was. I when see. He actually won. Okay, because like what I get from this show is that he is really haunted by that loss, and I thought that maybe that was the same trophy, his second place trophy. You know, it's really you know blinking you miss it kind of deal. Um, but that's what I thought it was. Well, it's not so much that he's just haunted by that loss, which he absolutely is, but he's also kind of like the stereotypical football uh, quarterback from high school whose glory days were when he was 17 years old and he <coughs> Al knows Bundy. that he's Al Bundy, <laughs> the, the song glory days. He knows that he's never, he, he peaked way too early and he keeps looking back at that distant past every day in the morning. It haunts him. Just a Every little day. bit. Mm-hmm. And his life is so sad. This man is frying bologna for breakfast. Who does that? All right. 
I do that. Oh, fried bologna okay. is actually pretty good. <laughs> okay, it, t- but it tastes like hot dogs. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. But that's, you don't have no toast. You you have no cheese. You oh, don't okay. Have to throw yeah. Some bologna on yeah. It. You got to get some bread and some mustard, Johnny. Come on. Yeah, Class but it up that's a it. Little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. So I'm not shaming frying bologna, but just that's all he's eating. It's just yeah. fried bologna. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll will, I will subscribe to that, sir. Yes, sir. There you go. So he is really living the life of a poor college kid right here. Um, and we, this is something that I missed on the initial watch. I have now seen the, uh, the pilot four times. And oh my God, really? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hey, I, uh, you know, trying to prep, you know, I just want to make sure I get things right the first time, uh, around here. I, I may not get to watch all the, the rest of the episodes three more times, but at least one more time each. Um, but I did miss this before because, uh, we see a picture of his son and it said like 2010 champion. And so if we are in 2018 present time right now, so that's eight years ago, his son is um, about 15, 16, right? I do wonder what happened at that time because he, he obviously has the picture. I don't think it was something that the mother just gave him. I think he's probably still around. Uh, so I, I thought that was interesting. Did you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I thought it was just kind of to establish that Johnny... Uh, is a deadbeat in every aspect of it. Deadbeat. Yeah. With his culinary skills, he drinks <laughs> swill beer. He uh, he you know dresses like a slob. And surprise, surprise, he's an awful father. Yeah. Because I kind of got the impression that that was the most recent picture of his son that he has. I like that. I like that. You're you're probably right. So at least eight years ago, um, that's the. I like that a lot. That that just adds, you know, an emphasis to like, yeah, deadbeat father. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, damn Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we uh, right outside, you know, I guess he's about to leave uh, his apartment. He runs into Miguel, right? So Miguel and his family, they just moved there. Very much like Daniel in the very first movie, just moved there. It's summertime. School hasn't started yet. And... Do we remember how Dan, um, Johnny was as a character? Well, you'll find out immediately because Miguel's like, oh, we just moved here. And, then, and he's like, oh, great, another immigrant. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, you ever wa- did you ever watch the show All in the Family? I'm familiar with it. No, actually, no, I don't believe I did. Uh, it was a very, very, very big show in the 70s. Uh, and Archie Bunker was kind of a parody of the the old old regime at the time uh, as far as like the uh the greatest generation who were just so stuck in their ways stuck in their time especially when it came to other cultures johnny's character reminded me of a 1980s version of archie bunker trapped in 2018 except he also is a badass karate sensei you know what's funny too is um you know he calls Miguel an immigrant but then he calls him Menudo later. So he was privy to Menudo like back in the 80s? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the heyday of Menudo. Well see, I all I know is that Ricky Martin was part of that group. That's it. Never heard a song. Didn't know they were a thing until Ricky Martin was a thing. You're not missing anything. Oh, <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> Again, the 80s were lame. <laughs> but I got the reference. Uh, <laughs> 
So I I thought I thought like look it, th- this show is a comedy. Let, let's put it out there. It's a, it's a dramedy. We we definitely have some of those very serious moments. Um, very much just like the original movie. It's very howlingly funny in a lot of spots. Way really more than I had any right to expect. Now here's the thing this show is is called cobra kai it's about johnny Mm -hmm. yes this is him as a good guy but he's not a great good guy right so he's gonna have some of these flaws he is a flawed anti-hero yeah we have those nowadays so (laughs) so that's he's complex yes so we just have to laugh at it you you, we don't have to laugh at it but it's it's a joke okay so don't take it serious and right now, I'm going to just kind of lay this out here. The fact that I laugh at his uh, behavior, that's not condoning it. It's literally laughing at his behavior about how right. ridiculous he is. Yeah. And there's a lot of that throughout the show. There's so a lot of it. If you're offended by it, I am sorry. You're probably not going to like the show then. You know? Oh, um, no. No, you're not. Yeah, because there's a lot of it. And we'll, we'll leave it at that. And uh, so that's the disclaimer there about Johnny's character. Um, so he's driving, he's driving a Pontiac, uh, Firebird. Pontiac Firebird. Yes. Again, he's, he is literally wrapping himself in his past. <laughs> now, what, what car, what was that black car that, uh, Rocky drove? Wasn't it a Trans Am? Okay. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. You're, you're probably right. I don't know my American cars, but I almost thought that perhaps that it was like a similar car to that of Rocky, you know, before he made it big. Wouldn't surprise me, no. Yeah. Uh, so he pulls up to a red light and sees another billboard. So apparently Daniel is maybe getting bigger because, right, that, that was that was a, a choice word to add to this dialogue, right? Another one? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think that if I were in Johnny's position, I would just let the past be the past, congratulate the guy, and move on with my life, but... Uh, after seeing Daniel LaRusso in this, I can't blame him. Uh, Daniel deserves a roundhouse kick to the face. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Especially in this first episode, for sure. Oh, not just all. I would say, I wouldn't call Daniel a villain, but he's definitely the resident douchebag. Right. No, I, um, again, this is going to be, uh, you know, we're supposed to, uh, maybe... I don't think we're supposed to choose sides, you know, and and I'm trying to be really careful with what I say with, you know, knowledge of like the entire show. Um, But yes, I I agree with you. You know, he's supposed to be a little bit more unlikable uh, than than what we remember him. Right. Because we are following Johnny uh, in the show. But, um, you know, Daniel is now a car salesman and not just a car salesman, but a luxury car salesman. Not quite the worst type of car salesperson out there, but. It's up there. Yeah, I mean, he's living comfortably, you know, so mm-hmm. those commissions are, are very nice, I imagine. Um, but, yeah, everywhere uh, Johnny goes, he seems to run into something related to Daniel. So we get, you know, um, a little glimpse of his daily life. He's cleaning gutters, and he finds a rat at one of the, uh, in, in one of the gutters. It's a huge rat, too. How does one get up on the ceiling or roof like I that? was one, <laughs> maybe cuz can't rats climb trees? I don't I don't know. I hope not because it just sounds too terrifying but it's also plausible. Perhaps it rains rats and dogs in California. 
or maybe it's just a, a prank by the <laughs> neighborhood rap scallion children. That could be it. That could yes. be it. Yeah. Either way, it's gross. It, it really is. It was a good-sized rat. Mm. Um, and then at one point, so I, I get the sense that he's he's a better like fixer of things than circuitry. Like I don't think he's an electrician. Because doesn't he like kind of short circuit like some like a circuit box or fuse box or something? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. So it's like it, we're basically seeing like all the, the 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 labor that he you know has to endure like throughout his day. Uh, and then we get this actual scene, you know, where he's like mounting a TV, and apparently it's on the wrong wall. And in his defense, the woman doesn't even specify like which door. We find out that there's two different doors, and he assumed that it was this one wall is where she wanted the TV. Yeah, that was some. Uh, in all honesty, those were some piss poor instructions. It it was. <laughs> Though also, to play devil's advocate, Johnny should have double checked and made sure that and literally pointed to the wall. Okay, this is where you want it. This is exactly what you want. But. You know. You know, that's his character. He didn't care. He's just no. like, all right, I heard what you said. I'm just going to do it. But, but on uh, the other hand, I thought it was kind of a nice little uh, character moment because it shows Johnny's frustration and resentment at the uh, upper class, uh, especially because when we had last seen him, he was among that, uh, that uh, group of people. And yeah. now he's uh, clearly not. So, again, it, it just kind of furthers his frustration and resentment. And I also like the scene because it kind of reminded me of Overboard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely it did. Yeah. And, you know, I bring that up because, one, I also uh, reviewed that. And also, two, the remake just came out, which I'll be reviewing that on original remake. So if anyone's uh. interested to <laughs> to hear the comparisons. Um, you, you know, I'll just make a quick note and, and then we'll move on. But... It's very much what you think it would be, it, you know, very similar beats. All they really did was gender swap, add some culture to it, and, you know. Does it have Kurt Russell's luscious hair in it? Well, it's got Anna Ferris's uh, luscious hair in it. <laughs> if it's not, if it, no Kurt Russell, no money from Tom. Yeah, the, 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 the lead I wasn't a fan of. He looks like a Mexican Billy Bob Thornton. You know, he was okay, uh, but... Uh, Eva Longoria was supposed to be like the Kurt Russell's best friend. She wasn't as funny as him. So, um, you know, I'm, it, I'm still stuck on Mexican Billy Bob <laughs> Thornton. I didn't know that there were Latin <laughs> hillbillies. It, he looks like it. He, it, he's oh, supposed wow. to be like the rich playboy. I'll, I'll have to show you a picture. But um, <laughs> honestly, though, I didn't think it was terrible. But nobody needs to be in any hurry to go watch it. I'll leave it at that. Duly um, noted. All right. So he gets fired. He gets fired because he had a confrontation with her. Basically, she was, you know, in his words, bitching at him. And he just asks her, can you please stop bitching at me? And did you get, is it me? Or did she kind of remind you of Sigourney Weaver? No, I I don't. I'll have to rewatch that scene, but no. Okay. I felt that way. And I'm just like, oh, you know, it's just kind of a reminder. Hey, you know, we're in the 80s or something. It, I might be reaching, but listeners, let me know if you guys were like, hey, she kind of looks like Sigourney Weaver. That's what I thought. Like, you know, like a young Sigourney. Um, now, do you think uh, Johnny deserved to get fired over this? Not no. So much for, not so much for the screw up, but the way he handled it. And especially because I got the impression that he was an employee of like somebody who was setting him up and he was representing the person that was setting him up. I don't think he deserved it because he didn't call her a bitch. 
You know, he, yeah, but you're you're being argumentative to the person that's paying your bills, right? I think maybe he should have tried to make amends, and then if that didn't work, contact the supervisor and pass the buck. I I also think that perhaps that maybe this isn't his first go around with a customer, so that could be. Oh it yeah, too. yeah, he has been yeah. fired from a lot of odd jobs, so perhaps perhaps it was deserved. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but. In the car, you know, uh, he's listening to uh, some music and gets interrupted by a uh, LaRusso commercial talking about bonsai trees. <laughs> Can't seem to get away from him. <laughs> now, do you do you kind of get the impression that uh, Mr. Miyagi would not approve of the commercialization of the bonsai trees to that extent? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, I don't think he'd approve. And I think we should maybe leave it at that because... Yeah. Some, yeah. Something comes up later on, um, so yeah, I do not believe he'll uh, uh, he would approve such a thing. No, absolutely. Uh, but you know, it's it's one of those things we gotta have that uh, incorporated into this story. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so uh, we got a scene. Johnny is at uh, a convenience store. You know, kind of like a Seven Eleven, <laughs> and this kind of reminded me of like the scene in. Um, with honors, if anybody's seen that with Brendan Fraser and Joe Pesci, where uh, Joe Pesci, he, you know, he wants a perfect, perfectly glazed donut. And I'm not sure what Johnny was looking for, but he was looking for a perfect slice of pizza, perhaps one with like the most pepperonis, I'd imagine. I think he was just looking for something to soak up the excess alcohol in his gut <laughs> at that point. One with a, just the biggest slice, basically. Yeah, I've been there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but yeah, this, this, uh, the cashier, like he pulls the pizza out with his bare hands. Yes, that's <laughs> gross. It is gross. But I think it just shows more how, I don't know, maybe desperate Johnny is. Like, okay, look, I'll still eat it, but you're, you're a jackass. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. As soon as he went in without tongs or a glove, I'd have just maybe paid for my 10th beer of the night and walked out. Yeah, I I don't know if uh, Johnny uh, frequents that shop. You know, maybe he does, and maybe that's why the guy did it that way, because he's just screwing with him at this point, you know? Yeah. He yeah. probably does wear gloves for everybody else, but it's like, oh, here's this guy again, you know? Because he speaks to him in Spanish. You know, doesn't want to speak no English and pulls a pizza out of the warmer, you know, with his bare hand. So, yeah, pretty gross. Uh, but he does run into uh, Miguel again, you know, who is buying Pepto-Bismol, I guess, for his grandmother. Uh, I like the exchange. It kind of carries on from earlier. You know, uh, Miguel's like, oh, getting this from my grandma. He's like, I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Um what I really liked was right outside where Johnny's eating pizza. He's minding his own business. Then this lady's like, hey, finish it, finish that pizza and beat it. He's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? She's like, you're not hustling any coin over here. He's like, I'm not homeless. That's my car. <laughs> so even a homeless lady thought he was homeless, you know, just a bum sitting there and, eating and pizza. Not only that, but looking down on him. <laughs> not to disparage the homeless uh among our podcast listeners or anything like that. But if you're looking down, if you're a bum looking down on somebody, that's bad. It, it is bad. And again, it could be me, but she kind of reminded me of Latrine from um, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the witch, if anyone. Yeah. No, no, no I was going to say, I don't know if you've seen Breaking Bad, but she reminded me of uh, the, the, uh, 
daytime prostitute from uh oh, from Breaking Bad. Wendy? Wendy? Yes. Does that sound right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I re- oh, I re- yeah, Breaking Bad all-time favorite show. Oh, mine too. I love yeah, it. yeah, I love that show. It's right up there with Quantum Leap for me. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. two different types of shows, but yes, um, yeah. I think her name was Wendy, and I don't remember what she looks like. It's it's been a while. It has been mm-hmm. a while. Um, so this car pulls up. You know, some punk teenagers come out. They're there to buy some beer and possibly some condoms. And I don't know what happened in there, but apparently Miguel cockblocked them from getting some beer. You know, because I guess the cashier would have thought they were college students or something. And then they beat them up right outside. That escalated really quick. Not to mention the fact that what kind of neighborhood is this where you can just have a group of kids mercilessly beating a kid and nobody except the loser with the firebird does anything? I mean, he's also Miguel. He's a brand new he just moved in, you know, like, and these guys are already like beating him up just because like over some beer, you know, yeah. but, but I agree. I mean, that homelessly wasn't going to do anything, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what'd you think of this fight scene? You know, old school karate as it's been mentioned a few times by Johnny. I thought it kind of reminded me, uh, it, it kind of, uh, peaked the western fan in me where it's the old gunslinger who was reluctantly drawing his gun when he didn't want to because some young uh whippersnapper was uh challenging him yeah i i thought it was good it was a little slow but i get it you know perhaps the you know the actors just you know he can't move as quick but i thought it was great the moves were great the choreography was very good and you know, he he did a lot of karate when he was younger. It's like muscle memory, right? Mm-hmm. So I believe that he could still do these moves. I mean, that very first kick that he does, you can see that perhaps he might have, uh, th- there was a little tenderness in the groin area, perhaps, you know, maybe strained a little, uh, little muscle. So, you know, he's not quite in the best shape right now. No, no. But uh, he's just at the start of his character arc. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But yeah, he gets maced by the cops. I thought that was a little funny. And I like this line that they wrote in too. Again, this is kind of a good callback because there's one point where the guys jump Johnny and then the Asian kid who is, I guess, the, the leader of this gang, he's all like, uh, you know, can't breathe or something like that, right? And then when Johnny beats them all up, he's got the kid in a headlock. He's like, what's the matter? He can't breathe. So I thought that was kind of good. I was like, you know, kind of pointing at the TV and going, that's some good writing right there. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it was anytime uh, somebody gets a well-deserved bit of comeuppance, it's always a, a good feeling as a viewer. It It is. And I like how they even threw this touch in, you know, after Johnny gets maced, Miguel even is like, no, it wasn't his fault. So we kind of already see that Miguel was like trying to get his back for, for saving him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next day, uh, you know, he gets released and Miguel asks him to teach him. You know, he meets him over at his apartment. And, uh, you know, they get into, like, this talk about dojo, karate. You know, it's it's one of those, like, uh, a clash of the, the generations, right? And mm-hmm. um, I guess the only advice that Johnny had for him was, like, look, just don't be so annoying. Maybe you won't get beat up all the time. Not exactly the best advice, but not necessarily... Wrong, factually either. incorrect. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, like 
again, we don't know what Miguel said to those kids or to the cashier, but it escalated really quick. So, and, you know, I could, I could kind of see it, you know, like after like uh, a, a few rewatches, because that line really stuck out to me. Don't be so annoying. I, I kind of saw it, especially like, you know, when they first meet, you know, I kind of skipped over it, but Johnny was like throwing stuff away and Miguel's like, oh no, no, the, um, the cans go in the blue bin or whatever it was. You know, he's just trying to like tell Johnny what to do, a complete stranger, you know? Yeah. And again, uh, I, I could also see somebody who is bullheaded and stuck in the past, not really caring about the environment and getting annoyed when other people are telling him that he should be caring about the environment. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Uh, So we find out how he got out of jail. Apparently he was bailed and uh, he was bailed out by his stepfather, uh, Sid, you know, who we, we meet. And what I got out of this is that, you know, he has two daddy issues. You know, he, he doesn't have his real father and, I don't think we uh, find out why, but his stepdad also is not very fond of him. Um, and he tries to buy him out of his life. It's like, hey, I'm I'm tired of bailing you out all the time. With, now, without knowing the full backstory, I can't blame the stepfather for wanting to sever ties with, uh, with uh, Billy or uh, with Johnny at this point. Because he's got to be pushing 50 and he's still relying on his stepfather to take care of him. I... I, I Looking at it from that isolated incident, I wouldn't blame him. Yeah, so this is, what, 34 years? He was probably 17 at the time, so 51, right? Yeah. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, uh, upwards of 50. And this is his stepkid. It's like, yeah, I look, I'm tired of helping you out. Here's some money. It just be gone. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you know, um, we get the sense that his mother has passed away, obviously, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, everything Sid says is in the past tense. Uh, but, yeah, Sid gives him a check. And he rips it up, and he just—I don't know. I guess he doesn't want charity. Like, does does it? Do you get the sense that Sid just continues to help even though he doesn't want it, but still takes it? Yeah, um, I kind of got the. It, it almost felt like a spoiled child throwing a tantrum. Okay, because I just—I didn't understand why. Like, he needs the money. Why are you ripping up that check? Just be like, okay, fine. You know, I—I I didn't need you anyway. Thank you for the money. Be gone. Honestly, I kind of half expected him to break out the scotch tape as soon as uh, <laughs> as soon as his stepdad left. Soon come. So uh, now, now, real quick, did you yeah. by any chance recognize the actor that played the stepfather? I recognized him. I don't know his name, Ed Asner. Uh, Ed what, Asner. What, yeah. What would I know uh, him from? Well, he was a really famous uh, television actor back in the seventies and eighties. Uh, his most famous role was uh, Lou Grant back on uh, the Roto Show, and he had his own spinoff. Uh, but you may uh, recognize him as the main, the voice of the main character from Up. Oh, okay. That okay. I could kind of hear it. I'm looking here that he also played Santa Claus in um, uh, Will Ferrell's Elf, but I still wouldn't recognize him, you know, without the beard and stuff. Um, Mary Tyler Moore, I kind of watched that, and I could see a young version of him there. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, oh, and he's done some, like, voicing on Batman animated series, Star Wars and stuff, so. Yeah, uh, one of the more popular and... Uh, busy character actors of his day. Yeah, it's he. He's about the right age to play like Billy Zapka's like stepfather, even father. But he he looks really old. 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely got that impression, which uh, was another motivation why I can understand him wanting to just completely write that guy off, get him out of his life. Yeah, uh, and, you know, perhaps they even made him look even older, you know, like on the show, mm-hmm. too. You know, I'm not used to the, the way uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Asner looks here. So, yeah, maybe they just aged him up even more. Well, the uh, inclusion of the the assistant didn't really help him look very spry. <laughs> yeah, she she did uh she didn't care to help him, right? She's just waiting for him to die. So it seems exactly. like Rhonda, yeah. <laughs> so, that was kind of funny. Like um Johnny walks in and she's just sitting there watching TV and she's like, "You got encore?" A- as if like, "Well, <laughs> y- you I'm assuming you've never met him because he doesn't know who you are." <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of funny. Yeah. So, we get a scene of Johnny, he's watching Iron Eagle. Did you ever watch Again, Iron Eagle? No, no. I, I didn't like Top Gun back in the day, so I wasn't going to watch the Kmart version of Top Gun. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, you know, I do like this because, okay, so I've seen, I don't know, maybe one or two of them when I was younger. I've never revisited since then. Um, so I, so I don't know if this line of dialogue is from the movie. I'd imagine it is, you know, otherwise, why do you put it in? Um, but Jason Garrick, you know, he's, he's the lead in there. Uh, he was in a movie called, um, The Heavenly Kid, you know, which was one of my uh, very first movies. Uh, shout outs to, uh, Mike Masunis, host of Sweep the Leg podcast. You know, the guy who helped me get my start. Also a big Credit Kid fan. He's going to be covering this as well and, uh, asked me to do a little, do a little segment with him. So, uh, so check that out. That, that'll be coming out too. Um, his show, I, I actually mentioned to you, Tom, um, on one of our reviews that, uh, a listener of his somehow hooked him up with Billy Zapka. Billy really? gave him a call during, uh, one of his recordings, uh, him and his co-host. And then, um, not only that, he surprised him with Martin Cove. Oh, wow. How cool is that? That is very cool. Yeah. So, you know, I've been trying to shoot my shot and I hit him up on Twitter. Billy's not, uh, he's busy. He's busy. But uh, I do hope to see him and Ralph Macchio uh, coming up here in a few months in Portland. Well, uh, I do know that Billy Zapka is going to be at the Motor City Comic Con uh, in Novi, Michigan. In, uh, it's actually two weeks from today. Uh, and uh, I happen to have press passes for that show. And I'm going to have my fingers crossed. There you go. Let's I'm going to have both of mine crossed for you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um, all right. So we get interrupted by yet another LaRusso commercial. He can't win. And not only that, his TV, his remote, the batteries died or something because he can't even change the, the channel. <laughs> <laughs> the worst of just, luck. Just a bad, bad couple days for Johnny. There's a movie like this where it's just nothing but bad luck. You know, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, it, it, we've all had, you know, stretches of days like that where it just seems like we can't win. Right. No, absolutely right. Uh, and this just happens to happen like all in one day for him. Um, but I love this next moment here. He goes on a drive. What, what do we get? A montage. You know, it's not an 80s movie without a montage, right? And they did it just kind of like how um, I think it's in Rocky three i feel maybe even rocky four maybe it was rocky four uh where he's kind of like reminiscing about uh, apollo creed it's probably four yeah uh but anyway johnny's driving you know he's got uh some foreigner playing in the background there <laughs> and i kind of like this like i think 
I think Billy Zapka right here is acting his ass off. Like, I think he's the best thing of the show in terms of acting. Yes. Okay. Oh, thank hands you. down. Thank you. So you get the scene. He's getting flashbacks of like the Cobra Kai on their bikes. He's smiling. It, it, we get a flash of Allie with an eye. He smiles again. I'm loving it, man. I'm eating it up. Billy Zabka, hands down, is killing it in this uh, in the show. Yes, uh, I I really hope that this is gonna launch him into some more projects. I really am enjoying him as an actor. I hope so too, because I I if I remember correctly, isn't he kind of more of like a behind the camera kind of guy right now? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully this will, you know, maybe he had so much fun that uh, that he'll come back and do some other stuff because I would love to see him do some more. He's great. Um, but yeah, I thought this montage, it was just another great way of showing us like flashback of, of the stuff that happened in the first movie so we don't have to kind of like bring it back up. Like just, let's just show it in a montage. Well, not only that, but I thought it was good because it helped show Johnny's point of view of that first Karate Kid movie. Yeah, he's with his friends, and he remembered having Allie as a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So he goes to basically the, was it the All Valley Arena? You know, yes. where he's in the parking lot, and he kind of, he I like this too, because it's a different point of view from what happened in the parking lot in the, uh, uh, the opening scene in the second movie, you know, where uh, Sensei, Re, Crease? Crease. Cree. You know, Cree? Cree? Cree. No S. Pretty sure there's no S. If, I feel if like... only I had something in my hand that could help me look all that up. I do have uh, Wikipedia up. It is Crease. There is an S. Okay. okay. Yeah. So uh, Martin Cove as John Crease. So, you know, we get uh, that. And I kind of dug it how it's from a different point of view. You know, it's kind of like Back to the Future 2. Marty's watching like the, you know, himself from the first movie in the parking lot. It was It was very much like that. Um, and his car gets hit. A bunch of girls are driving. The driver was texting. And I thought this was like funny and scary at the same time. Like I was kind of scared for the girls, but then I felt bad for Johnny because <laughs> he's just like screaming his head off. He's like, Hey, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to get into the car and they just, they just leave him right there. They hit his yeah. car. <laughs> and you, you can tell that they weren't concerned about the property damage. They weren't concerned about the imposition that they were putting this man in through their own actions. They were concerned about getting grounded from having their credit cards taken away or something like that. Or their phones. Or, or maybe... Or, uh, oh, God, no. Ba- banned from Facebook. God forbid. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before they pull off, he gets a very good look at the the young lady in the back seat. And who is it? It's Samantha. Uh, Samantha LaRusso. So Daniel's daughter. Um... My question about this is like, how do the girls, you know, uh, hide this? How, how do they get that car fixed? Right? They went head on to like the side of his vehicle. They they kind of t boned him. That's a good question, but I kind of got the impression that these girls have their parents wrapped around their fingers so tightly that they could give them any cock and bull story, and their parents would buy it, no question. I like that. Okay. Because that may answer uh, something that comes up li- a little bit later on here. So the, his car gets towed, and I guess a towing company they probably work with like Luruso, mm-hmm. you know the um, the car uh, company. So because uh, Johnny's given a card, like all right, you can go pick up your car over here, 
And it's yet again, Daniel, like he cannot escape him. <laughs> Just heard a commercial, saw him on TV, you know, doesn't know have that. To look at, the, have to look the at daughter. your punchable face every day, driving <laughs> to work. Uh, at least once. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, it, there might be a couple times that he sees the billboards. Um, but obviously he wants to avoid seeing Daniel for the obvious reasons. And... um he tries to go over there to pick up his car, but he's told basically like it, it won't get fixed for like a couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. I kind of like this exchange with the the, uh, the 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 woman that's working the desk here. She's like, "Well, why would you go somewhere else? You know, we have like the best prices in town." Because that comes back again later too. So mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, what do you think about Johnny trying to take his car back? I don't blame him. I I, I think. Frankly, at that point, if I were Johnny, I would put some serious thought into moving to another town <laughs> just just to get away from this. Yeah. No, that, actually, that's a very good point. But you know what? He can't afford it. Uh, well, not yet. Um, but yeah, you're right. That That's a very good point. He could have done that. But before he can leave, he does run into Daniel. And uh, I like the way this scene was, was written. Kind of right before he runs into him. You know, there's a a coworker of Daniel's, you know, who is with a client. And he's like, oh, hold on, before you leave, Mr. LaRusso would like to personally thank you with the bonsai tree, you know? So so it wasn't just conveniently he, he walked by, right? So I thought they put some thought into that. So before he can actually leave, Daniel sees him. And what I got from this is I get the sense that Daniel hasn't even thought about Johnny since that bout that they had. No, that's not entirely true because they, the, the co-workers know the story about him kicking his ass at the All-Valley Tournament. That's true. Okay, good point. Uh, because the, the the reason I said that is just because he, um, oh God, I should I should have wrote down what he said, but there was something that he said that made me think like, oh, wow, he hasn't thought of this guy in so long. But- oh, clearly Johnny is just a footnote, no pun intended, in that story. <laughs> right. Uh, but... Uh, it's pretty clear that uh, Daniel hasn't doesn't have much consideration for Johnny as a human being, right? And they don't introduce the the character yet, but uh, one of his coworkers is Louis, his cousin, uh, Louis Junior. And for those that are fans of the of the franchise, will remember there was an Uncle Louis that uh, was mentioned a few times, and I think we actually got to see him in the third movie very briefly. So we're to assume that that's his son. So. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, that's on his mom's side. I'm assuming. Um, I I kind of like him. You know, he's kind of the comedic relief, but not really. And also that cousin that you, you know, only hired to do fi- the family a favor. Yeah, uh, he clearly was somebody who um, was born under some power lines. I think that's the polite way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, I I can see that. Uh, it, it's funny because like Johnny, he tells Daniel like, look, uh, or actually I think it's the ladies like, oh, he's trying to take his car somewhere else. And even Daniel's like, why, why would you, why would you do that? We have the number one service in town. <laughs> so it's something that they really <laughs> preach there. Uh, I kind of, I thought that was pretty funny. Now, what did you think about the, uh, well, what was the, the, the culmination of the scene? Cause I'm, I'm really curious what you thought about it. Well, I feel that, um, you know, Johnny obviously hasn't quite moved on. You know, Daniel is married. He's married. He's got a couple kids. He's got this uh, successful business. And, you know, while they're joshing him, you know, um, 
And I think Daniel might have said something about the past. And then Johnny's like, well, that's until you moved in on my girl. So he's clearly still stuck on Allie and mm-hmm. all that went down. And that's all he associates Dan- uh, Daniel with is like, you were the bad guy. <laughs> you you were the new kid. I was trying to talk with my girlfriend and you interrupted. Um, I was rolling a J and you poured water on me for no reason. You know, like he, you know, provoked all of like the ass kicking that he got. So yeah, he, he really did looking back on it. Yeah. Yeah. But, really uh, did. But no, uh, what I'm kind of curious to get your opinion on was the resolution of the bill for the car repair. Oh, I see. You know, it's Johnny says it. It's charity. You know, I think I think Daniel just feels extremely bad, right? It's uh, the cost of the repairs is more than what the car costs itself. And and Daniel, he's kind of a douche right here. He's like, oh, this is this is your car, a Pontiac, Firebird, Mm -hmm. like yeah. Like he can't believe it. Like he he's like, dude, what what's with you? Like this is the car that you drive, and the repairs is worth more than the car itself. And so he he pities him. He feels bad. I I, I still think a lot of it has to do with him looking down on him. You know, Daniel? he's judging him by the car he drives. He's right. judging him based on the past without talking to him, without trying to find out who he is in 2018. Right. You know, uh, he doesn't even question why are you bringing up Allie again? Like Exactly. That's something you haven't moved on from? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see that. But I was just getting that vibe. Clearly, you know, you thought more of it than I did. I was just all like roundhouse him to the face, Johnny. Like what do you what do you No, yeah, yeah. Johnny definitely needs to beat his ass. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying why he needs to beat his ass. Oh, absolutely. Nope, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I do like this line, uh, you know, the, like the, it gets a little hostile between them, obviously, you know, the, uh, I think it's a, a noosh. One of the coworkers has to kind of like ease them down a little bit, but Daniel, like he drops this line and I'm going to mention it cause it, it will come back in a later episode, but he, he said, don't go to Coles. He's a crook. So there is a, another car salesman by the name of Cole. So that's just something I want to throw in now that he is mentioned in the first episode here. So I completely yes. miss it the first time. Tom Cole and <laughs> I just caught that. <laughs> yeah, my name is Tom Coe, C O E. Do you have any idea how many times I've been called Tom Cole in my lifetime? Oh, I'm sure quite a bit. Quite a bit. And every time I heard <laughs> that, I just my skin crawled just a little bit. <laughs> especially oh, because especially when we meet Tom Cole. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, we will get there. Yes. Um all right, so you know, I thought I thought it was, it, it was nice. It was pretty amicable that uh, Johnny accepted the offer to go ahead and uh, have have him take care of the, uh, the the repairs. Now, am I the only one that kind of gets the impression that Daniel's stuck in the past a little bit too? I don't think we get that in this episode. I think it definitely uh, shows up in the in the next one. Well, just just the whole karate vibe. Where in his uh, commercials, he's chopping prices and... Yeah. He, well, okay. All right, fair. You know, very much like Johnny, except to the, you know, to the 10th degree. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, he he won uh, back-to-back titles and he is living off of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, who does karate anymore? It's all about MMA, right? 
So <laughs> people will probably be like, I, I don't know what Karate is. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm okay. just now I'm, I'm just now imagining, you know, Daniel going up against Brock Lesnar and all. <laughs> oh, Damn it, I want somebody to write that fan fiction. But but you know what? As uh, history repeats itself, he's going to learn some move that Brock cannot <laughs> counter. <laughs> Daniel's going to win. An but, illegal move at that. Yeah, so I, I do want to see that too. They're, they're, well, I don't think Brock Lesnar's that old, right? He's probably in his mid-40s or something. About that, yeah. O- old enough, old enough. But um, so Samantha shows up, his daughter, and then Johnny recognizes her immediately and tries to leave I thought this was interesting. Maybe he didn't want it to get awkward, you know, because, you know, she's a young girl or whatever. But I would have been like, dude, that's your daughter. Her and her friends ran into my car last night. Yeah. Uh, honestly, what Johnny probably should have done was I'm assuming that there was a police report filed when the tow truck got there. I think he should have followed up with the police saying, hey, I know who maybe wasn't driving but i know somebody who was in that car and that would have really twisted that knife in daniel's ribs to know that his girl was guilty of a uh, hit and run and and you know what maybe we don't know johnny may have some warrants so maybe he is avoiding cops you know what that that's a very good point he just got maced the other night (laughs) for for beating a bunch of kids because there is a drop line there's a drop line because you know when miguel is like hey can you teach me karate he's like look i don't even know i'm supposed to be around kids right now (laughs) <laughs> that was great. It was a great line because you could take it a couple ways, actually. Yes. Yeah, you know, so maybe that's what it is. He doesn't want to go to the cops because there's, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure he was, you know, he had been drinking that night and I don't know. It's um it's fine, but obviously this is what we're doing, you know, with these episodes, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So before he even leaves, this is just kind of like this is where I really wanted to punch Daniel. He's just like you know, he's finishing up with them. He's like, hey, here's a bonsai tree. And he's like, uh, hey, uh, you, you look, hey, it was good seeing you. He <laughs> just like walks off. <laughs> so it doesn't even say he looks good, looks great, nothing like that. Clearly, Daniel thinks he looks like shit. Granted, he does, but you don't have to be an asshole about it. <laughs> I didn't think he looked that bad, really. Like, you know, oh, he, just, he was pretty disheveled. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, like, um, I think they try to make like, oh, he's got a beard, so he looks homeless. Like I thought the beard was fine; it looked fake, but I don't think his clothes were that bad. I mean, we 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 mentioned uh, Kurt Russell from Overboard; he was dressed like you know him. My uh, father has bestowed upon me many sayings, and uh, Johnny reminded me of uh, a couple of them. Okay, uh, one was he looked as sloppy as a soup sandwich. <laughs> I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the other one was, it looked like he brushed his hair with a screwdriver. That I have not heard of. The the soup sandwich one, I've always questioned, like, what what is a soup sandwich? It's um, sloppy as hell. That's all I know. That's, a, yeah. that's what the old man told me. That's a, that's a phrase I heard very often in the military. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, ate up like soup sandwich. Um, okay. All right. Well, maybe I'm just a little bit more forgiving because I understand. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like that, the, the way they're playing him up. Like I'm thinking, he does not look that bad. His situation is for sure. But as far as appearance, yeah, I just, I just love that scene with the homeless woman. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm, I'm not homeless. That's my car. Yeah. Um, and and as a fellow schlub, I'm not judging Johnny. I'm just pointing out some hard truths. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, you're fine, Tom. <laughs> uh, all right. So he leaves. He's not happy. And he drops the bonsai right there in the parking lot. And big F you, you know, here, here's what I think of your tree. And then we finish up with him going to Miguel and says, hey, I'll be your sensei. And then he puts, you know, the tapes to check back together, as you mentioned. And then he opens up the dojo. I thought it was a little convenient, but is it me or is it in the same location as the original Cobra Kai? I would have to do some screenshot comparisons, but I don't think so. I thought that the original Cobra Kai looked like it was on like a corner building. Okay. We'll have to kind of I, look I could into be completely that. wrong. Yeah. No, and, and maybe I'm wrong too, but I mean, because that would be a little too convenient, right? It's like the same place. Um all right, and uh, before it actually ends, you know, we see Johnny spray painting the uh, the uh, Cobra Kai motto on the back there, strike first, strike hard, no mercy, before he puts <laughs> on a bandana. Yeah, that was a hell of a way to end the ending, the end, uh, first episode. I thought it was good. What, what better way to make you click on that next free episode? <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's exactly what I did. I was just like... Mm-hmm. Wow, what's going to happen now? And now, here's my question to you. What is the motivation to start this dojo? He sees Daniel's daughter, realizes that that's her from the accident. What is it in him that's like, all right, I'm going to take this kid who's been asking me to teach him to karate and do it and open up a dojo? I don't think it has anything to do with Miguel at all. Right. I think Daniel was the the capper to the fact that he realizes that he is in a uh, a shit situation. He's kind of uh, let his life pass him by, and he's going to try to, I don't know, maybe take charge or maybe try to re- recapture a little bit of the glory years. Uh, and uh, it's all very, very selfish and self-centered. Okay, so maybe not quite like a motivation. It's kind of like, okay, all right, you know, I I see what you're doing, and I could do something too, you Mm -hmm. know? And there's a kid who wants my help, so why not? He'll be my first uh, pupil. Well, again, I don't think it has anything to do with the kid as much as he's he's wanting that that power back. Yeah, yeah. And you have to – power is useless unless you have power over someone. Right. So we will see uh, what happens in the next episode. Um, this one, you know, I don't think we're going to do ratings. But this this is all we're going to do. Talk about the, the scenes and, and, and our thoughts about it. I really enjoyed it. I thought this was a very, very good um, first episode. And I actually, I was talking to a coworker today who, you know, he, he's seen, you know, some of the Karate Kid movies. He, he's fine. Um, on the fence about checking it out and... And I kind of sold him saying, like, look, Ready Player One was a movie that was tailored for for me. You know, it's such a nostalgic movie. Mm-hmm. Cobra Kai is that for television. It is. And it's following a trend lately where the the fashionable thing to do is to go back and revisit old properties, whether it's Full House, Evil Dead, it. Karate Kid, It. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of things. And so it, it's definitely falling into that market. And this, I, I, I think it's better than it had any any reasonable right to be. You just got to get the right people behind it. Because let's face it, when it was announced it was going to be on YouTube, it's like, oh, man, I don't know what kind of budget they're going to have or <laughs> what right? kind of. Exactly. You could. I was thinking that it was going to be like one take done. 
And uh, there were a couple instances where I thought the acting was a little stiff. I thought that the dialogue was a little bit clunky. But that's television for you. They don't have the scheduling or the budget of a big-scale movie. And uh, I'm willing to overlook a lot of that as long as the story is compelling and the characters are interesting. And you know what? It has those in spades. It Yep, absolutely. So... Really enjoyed it. I hope you guys are too. And I'd be surprised to hear from anybody if they've only like seen some of the episodes by this, you know, at this point. Cause I think by this, uh, by the time this episode goes up, yeah, hard to say when this will go up, but it'll be close to a week, you know, that the show has already been, been available, you know, so. I'd imagine the ones that have been waiting for this is probably probably already binged it now. But uh, for anybody that wants to submit feedback, again, like our schedule, it, we're not going to have anything really set. We hope to do like two episodes a week. But if anybody wants to send us any type of feedback, you can hit us up uh, both on Twitter. Again, I have that group page. Tom is also in there. Podstalgic and Friends on Facebook. So, uh, Tom, mm. where can they find you on Twitter if they want to send any kind of feedback or maybe continue the conversation with you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at The Drunken Dork. You can also find me on Facebook. Uh, we have a uh, page called Jake and Tom Conquer the Group. Definitely uh, hit me up there. All right. And again, subscribe to TV My Brain So, because um, that's where we're going to put the rest of the coverage, the next uh, nine episodes. Uh, check out uh, Podstalgic for the mega episode, I guess, if you want to call it, where we just talk about the entire show, episodes mm-hmm. one through 10, you know, in a more round robin kind of fashion. So uh, thank you guys. Uh, you can find me at Podstalgic or my personal Twitter account at Rip Citizen. I do have a uh, Instagram account as well at Podstalgic. So uh, thank you guys for joining us and we will see you guys on the next episode. Try to be best because you're only a man and a man's got to learn to take Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. History repeats itself, try and you succeed. Never doubt that you're the one, and you can have your dream. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.